This morning will be a rebroadcast of a conversation with Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. Sonny with a harmonica, a nonpareil, and Brownie McGee at the guitar. They've been a team for a long time. During one of their appearances in Chicago years ago, the program in a moment after this message. God, that was July 1959. Brownie McGee and Sonny Terry. It was the Newport Folk Fest. I remember how I can't forget it. It was that uh, thrill of introducing two great blues artists who are now in the studio uh, this morning. Uh, they opened last night at the Quiet Night, and they'll be there for two weeks. And I remember the notes, even writing with the death of Big Bill, Brownie McGee, and Sonny Terry are just about the richest interpreters of black blues, individual and as a team. Brownie truly sings of himself, and so doing evokes alive images of others who sang of themselves. Bill, Lead Belly, Leroy Carr, Big Maceo, Richard M. Jones, and all the wondrous fraternity of blues artists always no contest when the question arises, who is the best blues harmonica player in the world? Sonny Terry, of course. As he whoops and hollers and blows in out through his mouth harp, we see the open field, the escape, the chase. We hear the blues at once mournful and exhilarating. Remember writing that uh, 11 years ago? That's right. And oh, how timely it is, how contemporary and truthful it is. Tom Gokin. <laughs> yeah, I got that album too. 11 years ago. And now in all these 11 years, so much has happened to blues. 11 years older. <laughs> 11 years old, so many of the young now have finally, in many cases, finally discovered it. And, and so where, where do we pick up from now? We think naturally of Bill. Later on, we'll, we'll play a, the voice of Bill, who was a close friend to all three of us, you know. I remember Stetson when we were, that was the year before that we went to the festival, was mm -hmm. it, 58. Mm -hmm. We had mm -hmm. that talk and we were discussing the blues, and I made a statement. And Bill and I got into a big discussion. I remembered so much. I'm, I says I never had the blues, and Bill didn't wait till I finished. <laughs> Man, you tell me you didn't have the blues. I says, why should I have them? I was born with the blues. <laughs> I just recorded that, you know, for uh, on Bill when Bill was doing his last session, you know. Yeah. I was born with the blues, and I always remember the session. And we did uh, we did themes. Remember we yeah, did themes yeah. on that, and I. Sonny and I have followed that down through the years since yeah. that Bill and I did that. We've been following themes when we do put on. A Coffee House Show. Yeah. What's a song that comes to your mind? Thinking about Bill, yourself, and of course I'm thinking of the scores of songs and blues you both know and play so remarkably. You name it. I'll just uh, go along for the ride here. Let's do one of Bill's in Elf that Bill wrote, and I've did, well we've had the pleasure to record it five times, and I still love it, and I'm going to do it again. I got the key to the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Well, Big Bill wrote that, man. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Down there. Of course, in listening, this is therapy, of course, for troubled times. <laughs> Always more so than ever. Uh, Sonny Terry, <laughs> Brownie McGee. That was Bill's song, and of course, Bill loved it. I remember when you know, Bill was there. And when you played it and he sang, and he was always, Bill was also directing, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was great. He, he was, was given the order, you see. Now, I remember when there was one, it was during Bill's last session. Uh, both uh, Brownie and Sonny were here offering the music of the original production of Tennessee Williams' Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. And you came into the studio. That's you know, right. Bill knew that he was dying, you know. And he wanted, he said, I want the blues to be remembered. And he wanted uh, Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee to be there with him. And, but there was also the humor, even then. He was saying, I'm, uh, Sonny was playing Crow Jane. That's right. And then, and then Bill was starting to talk. What do you know about Crow Jane? That's he knew right. Crow Jane. <laughs> Remember that? That's right. How did Crow Jane? Crow Jane? Yeah, how did that come to be? When did you first hear Crow Jane? Crow Jane, I heard Crow Jane as a little kid, about 18 or 19 mm -hmm. years old, you know. This was where, yeah. Sonny? That's in uh, Durham, North Carolina. In Durham, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. when, but when you first picked up on the harmonica, 
And you played all variety of harmonicas, all shapes and forms. When did you first pick up on it? When I first uh, started playing, you mean when I first started? Yeah. Oh, I started when I was a little kid, about seven, eight, nine years yeah. old. I've been lacking a harp ever since I was about five years old, you know. I never forget when I, my father kept me town. We lived in the country, you know, mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was a guy there to call him, what this guy's name? Sam. Mm -hmm. Boy, he was playing real hard and didn't have his hand on it, just playing it, you know. So and I, I fell in love with the harmonica. I told my father, I said, buy me one of them things. Mm -hmm. He said, what you got to do is you can't play it. I said, you buy me one, maybe I'll learn one day. Mm -hmm. So and from that on, I've been loving harmonica. You know, it, it's funny, you're playing, of course, self-taught. Yeah. Remember Larry Adler I was saying, the greatest harmonica player in the world? Well, he says, well, it's only obvious choice. <laughs> he says, Sonny Terry. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I yeah. was on, his, on his guest down yeah, to yeah. the village gate once. He had yeah. me come down there, you know, yeah. and he told me, he said, Sonny, play me a piece. So I pull out this little harmony, you know. He got one of them long ones, you know. Yeah. I pull out this little small one. <laughs> he said, well, you can't do nothing with that. And I played him a piece. He said, I want to know how in the devil you getting much out that little and I get out this big one. <laughs> yeah, how do you? This is, could you demonstrate to me? How do you? This I don't is a like mystery. the large one. Okay? Yeah. See, the, the one got the button on it, you know. Yeah. See, I do a whole lot of creaking with my hand, you know. Some people want to say, how you make the thing change your hand? Huh? See, I hold it tight my lips and blow at the same time and hit it with my hand, and that make your nose change. We should point out that Sonny Terry has a plain, ordinary little harmonica. That's a That's right. plain. It's not one of these chromatic. It's just a plain, little ordinary. Back in, in 33 and 34, you'd get them for 25 and mm -hmm. 50 cents. Mm -hmm. Now they're $4. $4. $3 and a half, $4. Cost of living. Oh, yeah. Well, how do, how do you, just before you say do Crow Jane, because Bill would have said, oh, well, let, let him do Crow Jane. Let him do Crow Jane. But before you. Yeah, he asked me, say, what do you know about Crow Jane? I, said, I know a little about Crow Jane, too. <laughs> He said he knew her before you did. He Maybe he did, because he's a little older than I was. <laughs> Do you, could you sort of demonstrate something how, you know, the blowing and also the the vocal sound as well as playing? Could you sort but of... But see, what I do, uh, mm -hmm. to stir, I do something. I, say, I, I call this my own course. Mm -hmm. Nobody else don't do it. Mm -hmm. I can play it and, and, and blow and sing all at the same time, you know. Mm -hmm. See, it's, when my singing, my harp, it's, it's stopped playing in now, but it's going so fast, mm -hmm. you can't tell it, you know. Mm -hmm. So you know, just think on the harp. When I'm singing, the harp's still going too. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Right. So that's my trick. Yeah. So that they call it now. I'm doing my thing. Yeah, doing your thing. <laughs> yeah. They say now. You've been doing your thing for a long you time. Yeah. You yeah. Now I know it's a trick. That's the first time I ever heard him say it was a trick. Yeah. 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 yeah you're right. It's a trick. <laughs> it's a trick. See, I'm, well, it's a good trick though. How can, how <laughs> Ain't nobody else do it. Can't do it. Why don't you try that trick once more? Oh, do it again. Yeah. How about me doing uh, that one with Bill told me to do? What do you like, Crow Jane? Yeah. Do it? Yeah. Okay, Ribble. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, Sonny Terry, later on, because we think about Durham, North Carolina, I remember you talking about your childhood and hearing the sounds of the locomotive later on, perhaps in the fox hunt, you know. <laughs> uh, Brownie, where was I forgot, was it Nashville? No, where? where Knoxville. Was it? Knoxville it was, Knoxville, I remember that. I was and born between a river, a highway, and a railroad track. Yeah. I went back to see, they've torn my birthplace down, a place that was called the Old Ark, right near the Southern Railroad. Highway number 11, in the in, uh, Tennessee River. I suppose as you think back of your childhood in that place, near the railroad sounds, the river, I suppose here too, songs. Do you recall one of the early blues that you remember as a small child or later on that you sang and played? Highway in a river and a railroad track. Yeah. Take me back to Tennessee. That was an early one. And then, of course, I think, you know, it's hard for me to pick out any one of the songs that... Well, Red River was something on the order of uh, Key to the Highway mm -hmm. and uh, 
sister to Crow Jane. Crow Jane. <laughs> but I, I learned like it. it. I learned it another way, and I think I remember playing it once. The way my daddy played it, he never played it with the turn in it like that. And he always give me the third degree about son, you got Crow Jane and Red River mixed up. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to be the same chord progressions after I got a little older. But he always played it like this. Moaning like a woman, crying like a baby, <laughs> wailing like a man. I think, Ooh. you know, Brownie and Sonny, I think these, these songs, of course, we have to, again, talk to the young sometimes, say that the blues come out of actual experience, of course, you know. You see, your father worked the levee camp, and of course, many of the songs came out of Them. the actual Most of the songs I heard him do, I, that's one, that's one of the favorites that I heard him do, and uh, Betty and Dupree and Quite Not Love, John Henry. And, mm. And a lot of the songs, he, my, most of his songs didn't ever rhyme, but I realized what he was talking about then. You know, as you were singing, it occurred, uh, you know, Sonny Brownie, I'm thinking yeah. as as you play on that, that blues, in a way, W.C. Handy's St. Louis blues might have been derived from a song like this. Well, that's what my father said. He yeah. said that it wasn't no original St. Louis blues because yeah. it was picked up. Each man had come in always added a verse because they would sing while they worked. And when they were working, it was pretty hard work. When a man's back is dragging the ground when you're loading the wheelers. Mm-hmm. When you get up sometimes, your back would be bleeding because you had to go up, and sometimes the wheel would go too low. Oh, yeah. Take a pretty strong man to load a wheel with snatch team. Then my father come from the loading to a snatch team, and that was pretty hard work. Yeah, and you load that thing sometimes, sometimes you turn somerset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your it's, back. it's singing the blues in, in a way to survive the day. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so also there's something else you said, that the song... You take an established blues, a popular one like singing. It was derived from some. This is always a story. The blues, isn't it? Someone is always some other person is doing it on the basis of some other person's work. It's a uh, continuous strain, isn't it? Never so, has an end. Yeah, never has an end. Somebody always picks up on yeah. it because it relates yeah. to somebody's life or something that's happened in their life, and they'll add a little to it, and it becomes part of them. I'm thinking, you know, of uh, Sonny Terry's listening and hearing, too, as well. Carolina, Durham, North Carolina. I suppose it was also a train stop. Was that also a roundhouse? A tra- train, you'd hear the trains, of course, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how would you hear the train? You'd hear that whistle. You'd hear the locomotive. Yeah, know? that's right. And then how would you, and then you take that harmonica. Oh, well, I just, I, when I hear the whistle blown, you know, so I just take my harmonica and try it out. Keep a mess around until I find something to fit in there, you know. Uh-huh. So when I just made a song I called a locomotive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would that, how would that, uh, this is the train, we're on the train. A train, yeah. of course, always a big thing. Now this is the old locomotive train way back, you know. Yeah. So some of these kids now wouldn't know what, wouldn't be able to know what a locomotive <laughs> is, but. We got diesels now. <laughs> we got the diesel. Yeah, they don't carry passengers <laughs> yeah. anymore either. But I want to let them know where it started from. <laughs> no train will start off like this, you know. That's the whistle blowing, though, we're getting ready to go, you know. train getting ready to start, you know. See, when they do like that, you know, the wheel's slipping, you know, and so when the motor going on too fast, the wheel slips, you know. So now you just keep doing that to, to, to the wheels catch a hold, you know, and here you go. Oh, boy, this train is bound for glory. <laughs> That's right. This train don't carry no gamblers, this train. <laughs> That's beautiful, the recreation of that sound. We're talking, of course, too great blues artists, Ronnie McGee and Sonny Terry, and if ever there were a, a matter of continuity in art, in music, and in history, it's in, in the artistry of my two guests. The train, Sonny, I suppose, and Brownie, the train, the train has always been the 
in the past the vehicle, wasn't it? As symbol and the actual thing, and black people going north and going from one job to another trying to survive the train. Yeah, but always mm -hmm. left a longing in your heart. Somebody mm -hmm. was on it. If it was even a freight train, yeah. you know, well, you could realize that uh, I have stood and watched so many guys get on. And uh, the technique of hoboing, and then you know, as far as you could see, the train, the smoke rolling back, and the cinders from the old smokestack hitting on you, and you'd stand there and watch, and teardrops rolling down. Don't know whether they're going to get back or not. And uh, then the whistle that Sonny was just demonstrating there, the further it got away, the mournful whistle sound, the distance and the echo would ring, and the firemen could hear him dinging the bell, ding dong, wow. And they had every stop that have a different thing going, wow, wow. Train stops, car stops, road crossings, bridges. It's gonna give all different signals for that. And it was just marvelous to run down to the railroad and the fireman or the engineer one would know that you were coming down. He'd see us kids standing by the railroad track and he'd do one of those little things or he'd puff out some steam. It was just a thrill. He'd do a special one for you. He knew you were watching it. Yeah. Always watching <laughs> yeah. it. would always be there because we know the time was coming along. And that's a beautiful story about my home life there. It was a place where a train had to stop. It was owned by an Irish doctor, Dr. McGee, and it was McGee Station. It's still standing. That's where my father and my, my old parents, my grandparents were born. I went there and lived for four years. And that strange station is still there. It's called McGee Station. The train must stop there and pick up the mail. It had to blow. But now they have moved it through the years. They've moved it up just about three miles from there. It's called Vanor, a little place you will find on some maps. Vanor, Tennessee, <coughs> in Monroe County. And uh, I had the pleasure of going back to where my father was born and yeah. going to McGee's station. Isn't there the name Brownie McGee? I suppose this school may, uh, may go back itself to slavery days. Oh, it does. It's got to get close back. The and name uh, of the man who owned on, your on my grandfather. And that's the way I finished. Well, that's how I got out of my high school, by tracing my name back, found out how come me a McGee. Yeah. I didn't like Latin. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave me, he said, you go and find out how come you a McGee and come back, and I had to spend an extra year in school, and I didn't miss, and I went out to where my people were born, and I run into some of the old people. Some of them lived to be 107, yeah. 104, 98. You looked, up, you looked up the old family tree. I went tree. back as far as yeah. old family tree. You know, I, I, as little I can say, I just don't want to listen to you, just listen to you and to Sonny, so you just go ahead, whatever a song Well, that was a, that's one phase of it, and the blues just mm -hmm. keeps on following me, and I, I was writing all night last night. I don't ever stop writing, because yeah. when I get off like I am now, when I get off like I am now, you see, I can kind of finish up some of the things. I'm in a very lonely spot mm -hmm. on the 12th floor, you know, and it's mm -hmm. very... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm in a little, a little cubby room, mm -hmm. and I sit up and I write all night. Yeah. And uh, I carry my notes along with me. Uh -huh. there you and go. I finished up a few things that I... Uh, I, w I, mean, I started on maybe a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what happens. Yeah. And uh, I've been working on this song. I did a course every two while ago that I says, The Highway and the River and the Railroad Track. Uh -huh. And uh, from Tennessee to Broadway. Yeah. And uh, I did another one. I call him River. And a lot of people ask me why I call you him call Sunny River. 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 Uh -huh. And people always ask me the question, why you call him River? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But through the years, I searched through the encyclopedia. River has a lot of definitions. But the one I like with the river is something that goes on forever. Man mm -hmm. may come and men may go. But mm -hmm. rivers go on forever. Mm -hmm. 
And I consider that a friendship. After 31 years is a long time. To be is it 31 years this that you've been together? 31 years been together. We'll be in April. That's right. Second week in April, will be 31 years. Long time, a beautiful man. Yeah, you know, it occurs <laughs> to me in, in watching, you know, not only hearing, but watching Sonny Terry, Brownie McGee and Sonny Terry at work, you know, you know what? You almost could tell the breath the other man's taking, the way you came with the guitar there, oh, yeah. with the chords, you were playing the harmonica. It's just, but to tell you, stuff, we, me, Brownie, we did, did the thing so much. I, I tell them sometimes, but he know he knows exactly what I'm gonna do, and I know yeah. what he gotta do. What do you I don't think? think that one can get away. What do you think that say uh, Brownie McGee's gonna do now? What do you think? <laughs> huh? What 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 are you gonna do now, Brownie? And see and see how Sonny picks do? up on it. See how I Sonny, don't even have to tell him. You don't have to tell him. Well, no. just go and see, see what happens. As long as he's in his key, I don't care what he does. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Brownie used to say. <laughs> you say whatever you do, don't just go ahead and do it. <laughs> Yeah. Right, one thing I like to do, I have a brand to do this, I'll do it. One what Billy was looking at me saying he wrote, you know, Louise. Mmm, Louise. Yeah, I like Alpha Brian to do you this. You always sing about women all the time. Well, the best thing to sing about. Oh, almost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't think about nothing no better. <laughs> Louise, Louise. <laughs> well, we've taken that for our themes, and it's not a spiel either, because that seems to be the three things mostly in the blues, but there's other things to sing about. Whiskey, women, and money mm -hmm. seems to be, but we use, I use them as crutches. I don't say all blues singers, but I mm -hmm. use them as crutches in order to get my point over because they're the most important things in a man's life. If you've never dealt with those three, I don't think you've ever lived. Of course, work, work too. Well, work is involved. When a man mm -hmm. puts forth an effort to sing about anything, mm -hmm. that's why I'm saying work mm -hmm. sometimes, he exerts himself, mm -hmm. but thinking he doesn't. That's why I don't, I think it's some other things to think about except whiskey, women, and money. Mm -hmm. Because there's work and then there's persecution and things of that kind. And that's the time I get it over. But you can't leave out those things. Well, that's because those right. are the important things. Well, I've never had too much of either one of them. <laughs> so you know, And that's one way I stay out of politics. <laughs> you know what it's well, I had too much of one. That look, that look of well, <laughs> I had to quit that. And you go to extremes on anything, yeah. <laughs> that one is me. I wish you point out know, that. I don't tell you how, yeah. how I come to quit, though. I got a little sick, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. So the doctor told me, he said, say, you drank a little too much, son. I said, cut it down to one drink a day. Mm -hmm. I said, if I can cut it down to one, this one drink a day, I just quit. Yeah, that's where I quit. But Brownie said, that's going to extremes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's See, do Poor Boy, Long Way From Home, which was called the Charlie Blues. Okay. Charlie that's, Blues. It was called C-H-O-L-L-Y, uh -huh. Charlie. Yeah. And uh, we always called it Poor Boy, but who I, it was maybe way, it was did way before our time. Yeah. Got your cover. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's an old cliche. You got to go. You know what key I'm in. <laughs> He's got to come before you can name the key. I guess that blues has to be called medicine. It has oh, to be called long ways from home. Poor boy. You know, I'm thinking uh, so many songs. I'd love to hear you. I know you will be playing them and singing them at the at the quiet night. Uh, of course, the fox hunt that Sonny and Louise mm -hmm. and uh, Norm Pellegrini, our program director, asked. He remembered when. Uh, the original company, the original production of Cat on the Hot Tin Roof was in town, the year Bill died, 1958 it was. And do you remember the music you played as the background the Background music we were doing, it was uh, Pick a Bale of Cotton and John Henry. Sonny closed the second act and we, we, we closed the second act and I led the song and closed the last, closed the show. That's right, so you that did was that. Two so we pick a bale of cotton. That's also what you sang at the 59 festival mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So pick a bale of cotton is, uh, was sort of set the mood in the background of the, of the locale for uh, Oh, yeah, that was Tennessee the. Williams play. Well, the first act was closed with a spiritual. Uh, two oh, girls oh, lead the dead spiritual. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, the second act, Sonny Close, was uh, with Pick a Bale of Cotton. That's right. And uh, mm -hmm. I did some lyrics to John Henry, which come the curtain come down on, cool drink of water before I mm -hmm. die. That's right. See, we won't, we won't play no music in there, you know. We just sing it, you know. Just sang. Yeah, we won't Without the background. Won't know how long get that. But it was a very funny story about that. <laughs> we were playing music. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a funny story. And just before we come to Philadelphia to open up, Marilyn Monroe come down to listen to that show, and we had just playing guitar and harmonica back there. Yeah. And uh, they just wanted her to see what she thought about it. There's a few more people there listening, stars. So there's nothing wrong with it, but who can listen at the lyrics with them wailing harmonica and the strumming guitar going on back there? So that takes away from the <laughs> takes away from the whole entire thing that's going on. So right then, uh, Kazan says, "Can you follow singing without the instruments?" I, said, I sure can. I just haven't had this in long. Well, if I could just challenge Kazan, how about doing it with the instruments? Oh, fine. <laughs> with either one, we'll do a little of each one. Might uh -huh. say. Do more. Do a little. <laughs> what you want to do that? That's what you feel. Huh? What you want to do? Uh, that pick a bail. Like I can do pick a bail in a more. Can can you do an E? Yeah, anywhere, doesn't I mean an F. Anywhere, baby, don't yeah. Which one you gonna do the first? You only play in two keys, that's high and low. That's right. Well we we low it this time. Uh, <laughs> don't respect me, just play. I ain't gonna you were. Catch up if you can, do you got the left, buddy. Yeah. Well, Kazan was wrong. It's great with the instruments. <laughs> you know, I think that brings that, that brings to mind another big man, doesn't it? Hudy Ledbetter. Oh God, you yes. Know, pick a bale of cotton. There's a Hudy. Yeah. You know, he was such a strong man. He was a solid yeah. rock. Yeah, solid rock. Right. Yeah, he was a big rock. Yeah. We yeah. lived with him for about two years, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. in New York. I know he did. Yeah, it was very, very beautiful two years. So there. this is a matter of of yourself extending, as you say, it's a song. Uh, the blues is really a story of. Of not one man, but of all men, mm -hmm. people. So it's a big bill, lead belly, Leroy Carr. In beginnings, too, when as young guys, you, Sonny, I know you worked the streets, you know, to make a living, and, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. Brownie worked medicine shows and picnics oh, and everything right. in the, the beginning. Everything. On the street. I played for medicine shows, too, you know. You played medicine shows, oh, too? Yeah. How'd that, how'd that work? I mean, the. Uh, people would come under a tent, come into the tent, is that it? No, it wasn't no, no tent stuck in those days. You just back of an old truck or wagon. Old truck, anything, a wagon, yeah. anything. You, know, and you get out there and play your music and get grow the crowd, you know. Mm -hmm. So he wait till you grow the crowd, then the guy get up and tell about his medicine. Mm -hmm. Make his pitch. Make, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you got the crowd up there, yeah. you know. One bottle of medicine cured anything you had. <laughs> Toe ache, heartache. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the beginning then, playing out in the open at yeah, once. It was the open really. sound too, that's part of it too. Well, a crowd would come in, whether you had harmonica, yeah. guitar, banjo, harmonica or washboard, anything. Anything to make a sound. Yeah. They would just come running. I'm thinking of the, of the, of the songs and the sounds that you recreate too. Uh, in the case of Sonny, remember I earlier asked about that fox hunt. Did, did you ever hear, did you ever hear the men hunting the fox? Oh yeah, that's yeah. where I learned it from. Yeah. I learned it from that, from yeah. hearing the dogs, you know, mm -hmm. trail the fox, you know. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing that hooping and anyhow, you know what you hear me do now, Holly, you know, uh -huh. I said, well, God, I think this guy fit right in, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I made up me a song here called The Fox Chase. You want to hear a little I sure would. Ooh. Oh. Same key, I wrote. <laughs> B flat. Yeah. <laughs> I had to E for John Henry, but I take. Don't expose yeah. yourself to the public. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out there now. I got three. I got three dogs. How many you got? I don't know tonight. I might turn them all loose. <laughs> I got old Pete and Kate. That's the best two I got I anyway. I know, but my three, I'll run, y'all. I know. <laughs> so we got to see you right now. Doggone, he got away. <laughs> That's recreating a play, you know. I think uh, also we should point out that the 
audience has to see, see it to believe it too, watching Sonny Terry in action and watching uh, Brownie McGee and he work together and, and him work. And I suppose the reason I'm, I'm stressing this is that uh, many of the generations now jump back every five years a generation and many of the young kids who heard about blues or hear some new singer sing the blues thinks it began with him and they don't know how it began and the sense you to show how it began <laughs> well that's just true too and we have a thing that we have to stress because now this day we've been through let me see how many decades we've been through at least 10 changes we've seen our music change at least 10 times but there are singers of the blues, and there are blues singers, and there are singers of folk songs, and there are folk singers, and there are singers of spirituals, and there are spiritual singers. And we can count them, we can pick them out, but we're not critics. But there's a differentiation between them. A blues singer is a guy that's lived with it. A singer of the blues is a guy who just learns it from a record just because he wants to make some money. And that's the same thing that goes with folk song. A guy that's lived his environment, dealt with his environment, but not ashamed to tell it, he is a folk singer. He's not a singer of folk song. He creates them because he tells it like it is. That's the rudiments of it. In the same way with the spiritual. If a guy believes in a hereafter, there is a better world after this, he sings to that effect and he lives to that. And the spirituals grow with him as the blues has grown with me. And folk songs, the same, same thing. You can't get them out of your system because it's, you know your environment better than anybody and you live with it. You have lived with it and you can live with it. And your past has been bad, but not bad enough to make you want to forget. Mm. That's mine. You know, as a... As, uh Brownie is talking. You know he, he talks quite obvious truth and history. You, you mentioned spirituals. And I know both of you are part on with blues because the connection is there, of course. Oh, yeah. Church music, spirituals. Because there's one, you know, Pete Seeger says the greatest song he's ever heard. He's, of course, both of you singing. He's heard you singing, of course. He's referring to 12 Gates to the City, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what he's referring to, you know. Yeah, I think he got. The, mm-hmm. yeah. I think he did come to New York singing that. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> yeah. sure did. Twelve Gates of the City and Go Where I Send Me. That's right. That's right. Who's? What do you we think? We really used to do that, you know. I learned yeah. it from one. I know you did. Yeah. yeah. Do a little bit of that, huh? Yeah. But uh, Twelve Gates. Twelve Gates. Yeah. That beautiful city you make it sound like heaven. <laughs> I remember in conjunction with that, as uh, Sonny was singing Twelve Gates of the City and Brownie, Brownie, I remember you were singing Welcome Table. Remember that? Welcome Table. To do a verse in that before, I think, you know, the hour ends before. We have to end with the big man, John Henry. John's the symbol of all that strength. <laughs> Just listening to Brownie McGee and Sonny Terry, two authentic, that's a much overused word, but here very applicable, authentic artists. You know, we can't end, the song to end has to be John Henry, doesn't it? Because yeah. I guess, how would you, there are many interpretations, but they think of all the strength of this man who beat the machine down. I he? believe he lived, that's why I love yeah. him so much. Yeah. That's one of our feature numbers, because, you know, if you believe a thing, I went to the tunnel, they say he built. You went to that tunnel? I went to the Big Ben. Yeah, the Big Ben Tunnel, West Virginia. That's right. Mm-hmm. Saw it with my own eyes. And it really, you know, my father said the man lived, and my dad died, he just died in 68. And he told me, and I believed him, too, because everything he said to me that I didn't believe, I went out in the world and seek to find it was true. Train running in the air right here, I didn't believe it. But there was an L in the air here. And he didn't explain to me what it meant with a train running in the air, and I was a kid. He said, there's a train running in the air in Chicago, son, you've never seen anything. You can ride a train under the ground, under the river. I said, for Christ's sake, what you can't tell me? I'm not crazy. Later years, I experienced it to be true, but he didn't tell me that that man had built an elevated train, that man had dug a tunnel. I just, I was only thinking one way. I had a one-track mind. A train I seen on the track running in the air, I might have a heart attack, but it's true. 
the train in the air and the train, train underground, underground and the idea is men like John Henry Milton. That's the thing. Yeah. That's what I'm speaking of. <laughs> you know, that's that's what it's all about. That's right? what it. That's what it makes me. Mm-hmm. Now, now I know it was true. Yeah. So we pay tribute Let's to go the whole go. people and Brownie McGee I'll and Sonny Terry okay. and John Henry. Wow. John Henry lives. Big Bill lives. Judy Ledbetter lives. And all the anonymous singers of blues (laughs) live thanks to the bears of history with us this morning. Brownie McGee and Sonny Terry, two artists. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Like yesterday. Thank you very much. It is 953 Belmont, quiet night. Gentlemen, like yesterday and like tomorrow, too. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you. And so this is our program for today, and after this message, a word about tomorrow's program. In 1963, exactly 20 years ago, the memorable march to Washington, the Civil Rights March, uh, during which Martin Luther King made his celebrated I Have a Dream speech. It's called This Train. It goes about an hour and 20 minutes. Until tomorrow, then, take it easy, but take it.